You're listening to Civically, the podcast where passion meets purpose and purpose becomes action. Get to know your civic leaders and help bring change. How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in today to our podcast. Uh, we're super excited because we have a guest. Uh, her name is Akia Walker, and she's from the Stanislaus Youth Empowerment Program. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us and making time out of your busy schedule to interact with us, share your story, share experiences. Thank you all for having me. It's really awesome. I really love um, what the Debrief team is doing and just all of the amazing conversations and bringing people and community together. So I'm excited to be here. Yay to that, yay to that. So I haven't shared, uh, but we also have a co-host for today's uh, podcast. That's Nancy Martinez. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you, Jose. I kind of just want to get right into it today. I have known Akia for a little bit over a year now, I want to say. And I mean, the work that she's doing along with Stanislaus County Youth Empowerment Program is amazing. So I want to make sure that we highlight it for as long as we can. So I'm going to just jump right into it. And this is a little bit of background on Akia, just in case those of you listening are not um, aware of who she is. Akia was raised in Stanislaus County the majority part of her life. She attended CSU Stanislaus, where she was involved in different sports, cross-country and track and field, and she graduated with a BS in biology. After graduation, she began working on a local project that centered on building up equitable opportunities for youth to get involved, um, which led her to co-founding the Stanislaus County Youth Empowerment Program, where she is currently the executive director. Aki is also super involved in her community and is up, has been a part of a lot of leadership cohorts, some of them being the Latino Leadership, the cohort number three, the Next Gen On Board program out of the Stanislaus Community Foundation, and a fellow of the Greater Valley American Leadership Forum. Um, like I said, she's super involved and I think that she's doing great things. So, Akia, my first question, or that's not a question, but can you please tell us what it was like growing up in Stanislaus County? Oh, that's a good question. I was actually just having a conversation earlier um, about this topic. And growing up in Stanislaus County, I feel like I was very, very disconnected. I, I don't have really the perspective I have of the county, and I guess more specifically Modesto, because that's where I spend a lot of time with work. Um, I didn't know a lot about the community. I didn't know like what programs were offered. I didn't really know a lot about the culture, um, what opportunities you could do, whether it was recreational or for work, um, you know, building your career after school. I was a really disconnected young person growing up here. Um, and I feel like a lot of that had to do with just, you know, social standing, you know, growing up really low income, you know, growing up, uh, you know, community of color. I just, I see things very differently um, now, I guess I should say. Like, my eyes are opening to so much. So it's, it's a really interesting um, opportunity to kind of reflect on that. And can you remind me real quick, did you grow up in Modesto or, or in one of the other cities here in Stanton County? I grew up in Modesto specifically. Um, I live in Turlock now. Um, but I grew up in Modesto, went to school there. I lived in a variety of parts of Modesto. I moved a lot growing up. So almost every part of Modesto, I would say we've lived roughly. 
Um, I went to Gregory High School. So that was a really interesting experience. Um, but it was great, you know, going to one of the newer high schools, kind of seeing, you know, that environment. But yeah, grew up here, been here all my life. I just can't say the saying I was born and raised, but I was raised here. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned you went to Gregory High. What'd you do after that? How, how was that? How was that experience in your Hydra education? Yeah, so once I finished at Gregory, I went on to CSU Stanislaus. Um, I got a scholarship to run cross country and track. So that kind of motivated me a little bit more to attend. But honestly, if it wasn't for that piece, I don't even know if I would have went straight to college. Um, yeah, because as a senior, uh, part, part of junior year too, I would hear a lot of my peers talking about school, like college. And for me, I was not really connected with that, that space. You know, I'm the first person in my family to go to college and graduate so I was like, oh, my gosh, is that what we're supposed to do next? <laughs> You're coming up on graduating high school, and I'm hearing a lot of people talk about that. So I was like, oh, dang, I guess this is what we're supposed to do. And then the coach at, um, the, coach at the time from Stan State had you know, reached out to me because I was running um, in high school. And that was kind of like my, my gateway, my entryway to school, to uh, college. Um, so I went to Stan State. I studied there, studied biology, actually. Um, and then I graduated with my bachelor's of science in 2020. Well, congrats. That wasn't too long ago. Um, is right. What, during the start of the pandemic? Glad you made it through that. <laughs> I know I was, I was, I guess I was a little fortunate cause I only had like my last couple of classes and they were, you know, fairly easy classes. Both of them were like once a week, one was like virtual. So I, I made it out barely. <laughs> Yay to that. But but kudos to you for, for going to Stanislaus State and studying in biology. That's not an easy task, you know, that's a that's very much a hard science that requires dedication, investment and big brains, because that is a hard subject. <laughs> so kudos to you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm definitely a a science nerd, one of my like favorite uh, subjects to study. So, I could I could never have gone that into that that area. <laughs> same, same, Jose. That is not my forte whatsoever. Thanks, Sakia, for sharing that. What made you want to like stay in Modesto or like return to Modesto? I mean, stay in San Jose County or return to Modesto after college? During college, I really thought I was going to leave. You know, I thought I was going to get my degree and go work a entry level um, lab job or research job somewhere in the Bay Area or SoCal, because at that time I knew I wanted to leave the area. But I I wasn't too far fetched on thinking I was going to go out of the state. So I was like, oh, OK, let, let's just travel maybe an hour or so away. And literally the last week, like as I'm getting ready to graduate, you know, I'm still searching for jobs. I didn't have anything lined up. It's, it's actually really, really hard <laughs> to find a job after college. Um, and so a local teacher reached out to me, Ronaldo Rucker. I think both of you may know who he is. And 
you know, he reached out to me about this opportunity to um, build a project uh, centered around helping Black youth in our county um, and just working on providing educational resources and tools um, for that community. And I was just instantly fascinated by it. I was like, wow, this sounds amazing because a lot of it made me reflect on my younger self and how impactful I feel that would have been for me as a young person. And so there's a lot of just like heart and passion behind it. So um, I met two other young ladies from the county, uh, Haley Ayers and Fallon Ferris, who were also a part of that um, startup project. And after the first handful of meetings and just brainstorming and talking about what this project could look like, I just became just engulfed in it. And that was really one of the big pieces that contributed to me staying in the area um, and just pouring into that project and seeing where it could go and what opportunities it could create for young people um, in our community. So shout out to Ronaldo. <laughs> So you mentioned a project. What is the name of this project and what has it transformed into? Yeah, so um, the project now is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and it's called the Stanislaus Youth Empowerment Program. And we are a young team of BIPOC leaders. And for those who don't know, BIPOC is Black, Indigenous, people of color. And we, our mission is to provide educational tools and resources to um, young people so that they can become effective leaders in their lives and their communities. And our priority uh, demographic for our organization is young people of color. So, you know, the BIPOC community, and we service um, young people all the way from ages six years old up through 26. So we have a broad range of people that we work with um, within our variety of uh, programs. And our programs focus on three main pillars, education, wellness, and leadership. So it's a little, I guess, brief bio about uh, YEP is what we call it for short. But yeah, that's a little brief um, bio about who we are. That's amazing, Akia. I know that uh, you were probably starting yet during the time right when COVID began and I was getting ready to graduate college and I wanted to come back to Stanislaus County to Modesto because I felt like there was a gap there. I still didn't know what you were doing, but um, now looking back, but thinking in the current time, I'm just so grateful that you, you went that route and you, you invested in that with your time and your energy. So it's a very much needed program in our community. And I mean, I think that it definitely needs to expand and I look forward to seeing what that, looks like in the next few years. But um, before we get there, I guess, what does that youth empowerment description mean to you, empowerment specifically? Yeah, so empowerment to me really, really looks like providing equitable access to resources and knowledge so that with those resources and knowledge, the individual can the individual can then create their next step, their next milestone um, towards their career path or their education um, journey. And so, I look at empowerment as basically here you go, here is the blueprint, or here are the tools you need to get to whatever step you're trying to get to. 
Um, and I see it that way because, you know, I reflect on not only my um, upbringing as a young person um, and even, you know, in high school, our team, too, we share a lot of similarities in the fact that we really just didn't have certain resources and didn't even know that certain resources existed. So there's like this gap in just knowledge about resources or even equity on how to attain those resources. Everyone has a different struggle or obstacle that they may be facing. And so you kind of need to meet people where they're at. And, you know, looking at it from that lens, it's like, okay, how can we meet these young people where they're at? Their different backgrounds, their different passions and dreams and provide them some tools that's gonna help them get there. And that's gonna look a little different for every individual. And I think that's kind of why our program has birthed in many different facets. We have a lot of different programs that in the beginning, we were like, what is our niche? What are we focusing on here? And we found that to be a little challenging because there's so much, you know, there's so many areas that I feel young people, especially in BIPOC communities really need. And so we kind of narrowed in on taking an approach of providing educational resources, but making sure that there is a social, emotional, like healing component at the center of all of that, because, you know, that's, that's really the biggest piece is well-being first and then achieving that goal second. So kind of balling that into one, one big project was, uh, was challenging, but I think we are working our way towards that. I think we're getting there. So what would you say is the ultimate vision for YEP? What does that look like? What are the big achievement milestones that that you want to achieve in that realm? Yeah, I think for me, one of the bigger milestones is to see the organization grow, um, see the team grow, because I've I've noticed that YEP has not only become a space for uh, programs and services to youth, but it's also become a space for young people of color to become leaders themselves. And it's just been amazing to see the growth of our team and how, you know, they're improving in their personal lives, their professional lives, you know, they're growing into their leadership roles and developing, you know, within the community. It's just really cool to see that. And so I guess the longer vision is to see anyone who walks through the doors of YEP, whether they're internal staff, a part of the team, or if they are participating in programs, they're going to be empowered. They're going to feel, you know, that they have a community, that they have a space to connect with. And they also are going to feel like they are encouraged to achieve whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. Um, because I, I believe a lot of, um, you know, our staff now and either even some individuals who have participated in, you know, our programs, they're on journeys and this may be a milestone for them coming through the doors of YEP and how can we make this the most special time, you know, to encourage them on their path. And I, I feel that's, that's what YEP can be. And I'm sure that, as you just said, there's a lot of different services and uh, programs that you offer at YEP. Is there one or a specific project that you're working on right now that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, so we have we have a few um, projects. One of our projects that's been really exciting to see grow is our academic support program. So we have a name now. It's called STAR. 
uh, stands for Student Academic Retention. And it's a program that we partner with Modesto City Schools and the Modesto Stanislaus NAACP. And we provide tutoring support to K through eight students um, in the district. This year, um, so this is going, going on the third year of kind of working on this project and trying to build it out into a full program. Um, and this year we will be at the school sites. So we'll get to have some of that in-person action. We're gonna be adding more social emotional learning components to it as well. So creating a space for one-on-one -on -one tutoring, but also a space for you know, the kids to connect and you know, have social interactions with one another, um, even if they may be doing well in their academic studies. So we're really excited about that, that project. Um, another one that's really, really exciting is our Rooted and Rising Community Wellness Programming. So we have a, a community garden that we piloted in West Modesto. And it has just been flourishing. I just remember when um, we got that plot of land. So the plot of land was donated by a local teacher, um, Amelia Herrera, and she's amazing. Um, she is really like passionate about the social emotional learning and has wanted to see something be created in that space. And Haley, uh, she's one of our team members of YAP, and she is passionate about gardening. She's studying horticulture. And so just fusing all of this together, rooted in rising birthed. And it's been a beautiful space to see community come together and just, you know, tend to the land, you know, learn about land stewardship and how important that is, especially for BIPOC communities, um, because there is a lot of racial um, trauma when it comes to, you know, working in the land or working in the fields and you know, trying to bring a healing component to that and teach our communities about self-sustainability, how to grow your own food, um, what it means to garden at different levels. Um, so that's been a, such a beautiful and just really healing project, um, in my opinion. And I'm just excited to see how it continues to flourish and where, what other locations in the community we can pilot some of these gardens as well. So. I just want to say that I love that name, Rooted and Rising. Wow. That's so <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> That's super exciting to hear and beautiful because I think gardening is, and nature, I think it's it's very much reflective. It's it's not something that happens overnight. It's It takes time to grow a vegetable, a tomato, a corn, or whatever it is, even a flower. And... It's a journey mm -hmm. because a plant can grow a certain way and you need to tend to it and water it. It's, yeah. it's a life, it's a, it's a life, it's an organism that needs love, support. And what happens if, if that doesn't happen, you know? Yeah, that's definitely been a beautiful project. And, you know, it's, it's cool to even just be in the location we're at. So it's in West Modesto, which is really important, specifically pick that area because it's underserved, um, you know, it's a very um, highly populated area with low income families, minority families, um, not close access to fresh produce and supermarkets. And so that was one of our missions is how do we, you know, strategize piloting these gardens in 
areas where they are considered food deserts and teaching these communities that really, you know, should have access to this education and um, just this opportunity to be involved in something like this. So we're excited about that, uh, how that grows um, as well. And then Jose, before maybe we get to the last question, I also want to highlight something that we're working on with IKEA because I love that power of the collaboration and partnership and uh, maybe it's a it's a selfish plug, but the, the clothes drive that we're trying to put together, IKEA, um, we're working on a professional uh, like trips or high school field trips for students and maybe IKEA, you want to touch on that and plug the clothes drive. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, no, when you when you first asked me about, um, you know, maybe one project, I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to talk about everything. <laughs> so, um, no, definitely. So we are um, collaborating with uh, Debrief um, and Modesto City Schools to put together uh, a clothing drive, a professional clothing drive for young people. Um, and what inspired this project is a field trip coming in November to teach young people about our criminal justice system, teach them about how our court system operates in our community, educating them um, and really empowering them through through this education. And so so with that field trip, um, we think it would be amazing for these young people to practice, you know, their professional attire and, you know, preparing for these kinds of events. So we're working on this clothing drive. Um, just really excited to see where this new project goes. And I know in conversation, uh, we hope to see this be an ongoing thing and, you know, have more of these, these field trips and even maybe start a clothing closet, who knows, but it's just cool. The collaborative effort um, and coming together with community, it just, as we see it, it really births out amazing things for, for our for our young people and just our community at large. I love it. I love it. But what day is it? Where do they donate? And <laughs> up to when can they donate? Yeah, so right now donations are, are going on as we speak and we are taking donations at the Weave Building. So the Weave Building is located in downtown Modesto, 820H Street. Um, and they can donate any time between the hours of 8.30 to 3.30 p.m. Just come in and drop off professional attire. It can be blouses, bottoms, um, men and women uh, clothing, anything you have in your closet that is nice professional wear that you're trying to get rid of, donate it to us. We would be happy and glad to take that um, take that in. Due to that, I, I think I have... I have I have something <laughs> to add, add to that to that collection. Also, just want to say that you can donate directly to Stanyap as well and support the drive that way. If you for some reason don't have any clothes you want to get rid of, but you want to donate monetarily, um, well, we'll put the links to where you can donate in the podcast description and any social media posts. Yes, please donate. So I think that's a perfect transition to the to the last question. What can the community do to learn more or even just get involved? Yeah, so if, if you want to learn more about YEP and what they got going on, you can definitely reach us through our website at stancoyep.org. We're also on social media, um, stanco 
Y-E-P, on Instagram and on Facebook. So you can reach us to find information there. And just really the ways that people can get involved is, one, you can donate. We're always, you know, looking for support in that way. Two, you can get involved, be a volunteer, come out to our garden, you know, become a volunteer in one of our programs and just spread the word about what we have going on. I think that's the the biggest thing we can do is just spread it out to the community. Um, Yeah, I I think I got everything. (laughs) Yay, thank you for that. Uh, I just wanna thank you once more for taking time out of your day to kind of share the amazing work that you're doing and just really congratulate you because this work is pivotal. I think it's much needed in our community and it's really long overdue Thank you all. I I really appreciate being here and appreciate knowing you all and being able to work with you in in some capacity. So I look forward to future future collaborations and, and whatnot. So thanks again.